Let me take a moment and talk about Riverside.fm. It allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video. When you need to record audio and video, Riverside.fm can do it. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars, to any video content, Riverside.fm. I've got a promo code for you where you'll receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. I'll give it to you twice. The promo code is SHIPIT. All one word, SHIPIT, and you'll pick up a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. Riverside.fm. What's up, shipheads? We're back with another movie draft. We are going to be tackling the Fast and Furious franchise. So when I started looking at who I would ultimately want to tackle this with, I had to bring in my man Train. Train, we've always been big fans of this franchise. Tell me in a thousand characters or less, 12-point font, Times New Roman, why we love the Fast and Furious franchise. What started as a really bad remake of Point Break for early millennials, (laughs) the early 2000s has turned into basically the Avengers with somehow less steroids. It's, it's, It's absurd where this franchise has gone. And fans, for the most part, are just like... Okay, I'm okay with this. Let's At let's this let's point, keep like, it going. Like you're either on board for the ride. Yeah. Or, like nine's coming out in a couple of months. Next month, it's already May. Comes out next month. They've already said that ten and eleven are going to cap the whole thing off. They're comparing ten and eleven to Infinity War and Endgame. <laughs> oh jeez. So <laughs> yes. I was. Gonna, they're always like, yeah, it's like one big movie. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. All I know is at this point in the franchise, I better get a lightsaber socket wrench. I better get a bunch of cars that form together and make a Megazord. Or it was 20 years of my life that was wasted. Yeah, it's really interesting when you look at just the evolution of it. And I'm trying to think exactly when it happens, where there was always ridiculous stunts that were tied to it. You know, it was around like Fast Five, maybe, where people were just like, okay, this is absolutely absurd. But then there was almost like a some sort of like, that's their level movie. Self awareness from the franchise itself that like, hey, we know this is ridiculous, but we're just gonna have fun with it. You know, the 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 original the original's the original, and then Too Fast is just garbage across <laughs> the board. Um Tokyo Drift is kind of its own thing. I, I I love that movie, but I know it doesn't really do it for a lot of people. Then, you know, everyone thought the franchise was pretty much dying out. Justin Lin comes back in with Fast and Furious, the fourth one. Kind of does the soft reboot, direct sequel thing. And it does well because people wanted to see these characters back together. And then from there, he was just like, all right, I can't keep making street racing movies. Nobody cares. At that point, you know, the automotive side of me is like the the car scene was kind of leaving and going on to other things. It wasn't about having, you know, crazy exaggerant cars. People cared more about like sleeper builds or anything like that. Body kits were going away. Uh, so he's just like, I'm just going to go for a heist movie. And then the heist just became more and more elaborate. Mm-hmm. And from there, the lore of the universe kind of have just now there's offshoots and video games. There's a Netflix cartoon somehow. 
I mean, there's there's basically anything but like books about this because there's no way you could make these movies. Yeah, and it makes it great. And I think in general, like moviegoers are just are completely on board with having a movie like this every summer blockbuster season. Go up, see these absurd stunts and these plots that make zero sense. It's evolved much more action oriented where we get these huge weapons, basically these human weapons that are pitting up against each other. And, and the, the fans are just along for the ride. And the franchise has kind of has that self-awareness where they're leaning into it. And the fact that all these years we've joked about them going to space and the last yeah. trailer that shows them going to space. Yeah, it shows that they're they're listening to the fans. And it's like, yes. if you want us to just go completely fucking batshit, then by all means, we'll do it. And it's it's like the perfect storm almost on on how this has got legs and and evolves over the years and are we going to get the rest of the the two more films after this next one and then Plus what spin spin-offs are we going to get right so we could have this the main story may come to a close as they could say but this uh, this type of machine that is the Fast and Furious franchise could keep going in a lot of different ways obviously with Hobbs and Shaw and as are they take you, are off you these saying that the franchise is firing it on on all cylinders like if we're you gonna go that, with yeah. it we're just we're just gonna go full pun with this yeah and I as a fan you know I'm completely on board like I said getting one of these once every it gets your engine going it supercharges yeah. you man yep so as we started looking at a movie draft for this, I think it's pretty natural to tie it to a heist team. We mentioned they kind of started to go away with that as each iteration comes out, but it's kind of the heart and soul of the, the franchise. They either have to steal money or some sort of secret weapon, something behind I, I this think, unlockable safe. You I know. think we, we were having this discussion in the group chat and it was like, okay, so take out the first three. The fourth one is about drugs or something. They had to kill Michelle Rodriguez because she was filming Avatar. And everyone got really mad about that some somehow. And the fifth one, they pulled the bank vault. The sixth one, they drove on like a six-mile runway. Right. Uh, my, yep. my biggest complaint about the sixth one is Gina Carano's character, Riley, when she's on that plane, like, they're coming, get ready. And she has a uh, a handgun. She racks that slide about fourteen times. And if you actually know anything about weapons, that every time she'd you do that, every time you do that, like <laughs> a bullet gets ejected from the weapon. So like when they suddenly start fighting, at least I was just like, she fires like two rounds and then uh, she's out of ammo. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I mean, probably people are gonna be tripping over loose rounds the entire fight. But it looked cool, and that's it all looks that matters. Really with this cool. <laughs> So that's where there's a lot of movies, a lot of similar plots, but it's just keep evolving over the years. So a lot of different characters we can ultimately tap into for a draft like this. So it's a pretty open field that we're going to lean into, basically creating a seven member ideal heist team. We've done kind of our open field heist draft before, which is a lot of fun pulling from different movies. But keeping that same mindset in, in you know in minds on who are the different people that are going to add some assets to your team? There's always going to be challenges that pop up. Who's going to give you the flexibility to, to tackle them? So really grading it on what's the overall dynamic between your own team? What are they offering? What are they bringing to the table? How are they meshing off and complementing each other's skills? And then we have the other team on the other side of it. You know, even if we're, say, going against the same heist, right? Both trying to obtain it. Who's going to do it more efficiently and little, faster? Little and ultimately Fast and win. Furious 6 action where you got the opposite crew and... Right, dueling teams. cars and... Pretty much every character in the live action franchise will discount the uh, animated show. I have I not watched, watched any anything of that. on it, yeah. <laughs> but 
We're not going to run out of characters here. So Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw franchise, both open game here. Train, you are first overall. Then I'll follow up with the next two picks. You continue that snake draft through the rest of the draft here, seven rounds overall. Train, any other thoughts going into this sort of concept? I'm um, excited. This is the first one of these I'm doing. I feel, feel like this is the right franchise to kind of start it. I feel like this could probably be the most entertaining video we've done since the Dragon Ball Z Doctor film. <laughs> You're not going to do Fast and Furious and not have fun during it. It's going to go. It, it, it's going to be as over the top as the movies themselves. Mm-hmm. So for the first round pick of the draft, do I do I need to say it? Do I need to say it? But it is going to be Brixton played by my man Idris Elba, and I'll tell you why. When the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw came out. People were angry because the Fast and the Furious was so off course from its original, you know, trajectory somehow. Because there is a super soldier. We're talking about a genetically enhanced black ops soldier with limitless access to anything he wants. A super smart motorcycle, enhanced strength, pretty much more machine than man. He's black Superman. There's, there's, no, there's no way that you could not have that on your team. He wouldn't need two Dodge Chargers to pull that bank ball. He'd pick it up himself. <laughs> and he's charismatic as goddamn hell because it's that Idris. True. That is true. I actually watched Hobbs and Shaw earlier today, and he is, damn, he's charismatic. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, dude, when the first I mean, line of your movie is, who are you? Bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's there's a lot of fan favorite characters in this. There's a lot of famous characters that you would immediately think of. But if you're looking at pure raw power, who's bringing the most skills and assets to your table? I'm not going to deny this guy being number one overall. I think that that's a natural pick uh, to cue in there. So it's back to me here. Um, So I I think if you look at a person by person standpoint, there may be some drop off to everyone else. that's an actual human. In this compared to your super soldier peasants, peasants, um, as I call them. So we're doing a heist here. I'm going to want guys that can be the core of my team here with these next two picks. You look at the Fast and Furious franchise. Who's the heart and soul? It's going to be Idris. <laughs> the OG team here. I got I got to lead into this. You know, I think Idris, you know, is is. A good pick, number one overall, but I wouldn't be shocked if one of these other guys ultimately would have went number one in any other draft. But next up, I would take it back to the the beginning here. I'm bringing in Dominic Toretto because he proved that you know for a while they've they've figured out a way to kind of do some spinoffs to it and make it entertaining. But he is the heart and soul of the Fast and Furious franchise. When he stepped away, it just didn't work. And when they brought him back, it was a full force and all the fans were behind it. And it really set the course for what it was for the next, you know, five, 10 years of what this franchise was and could be. But you look at Don McToretto, he's one of the best characters from the, the earlier films. And you look at a heist draft, you're going to want someone, you're going to need a plan, you're, but you're going to need drivers that are going to be able to get you from point A to point B. Not if you, you can just get you physically out. pick up the thing that you're moving. Yeah, but when the full force is coming down at you, I will say that Brixton didn't make it out of his movie. All Only because Keanu Reeves unplugged him. A little code deactivation and your guy's done. First overall power, I get it, but you look at someone that's, you could argue he's the best driver in the Fast and Furious franchise. 
no one can top Dom. No, 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 no. That's that's another topic. Okay, well, who? All right, give me a quick ranking. Who are you putting above him? Give me one name. Brian O'Connor. Oh well, luckily I have two picks here. (laughs) (laughs) So when I look at these next two picks, I'll do both together. But I'm taking down John McToretto and Brian O'Connor because they are arguably two precision drivers, the best drivers in the series. We get a lot of villains that come up that kind of go against them, but they always end up coming out on top. They have great dynamic between the two. They're going to work well together. They have this kind of little rivalry that I think it's it's a conversation of who's the better driver, but I <sighs> think you're going to have drop off after everyone after these two. I don't know, because respectfully, Brian O'Connor is retired. There's- now, withstanding the outside circumstances around that, Brian O'Connor, while still alive, Justin Lin, after the new trailer came out, there's the shot of Brian driving. Oh, it's not, you don't see Brian, but you see a uh, Skyline R34 driving, and it's the same one he had in the fourth movie. So Justin's like, oh yeah, he's still alive. Like, you're not going to see him, but you, there's still got to be elements that you know that he's still around in this universe. So pulling a matter of retire, you, you, you can have, uh, I'll give you Dominic Toretto, and I'll give you like three Skyline drive-bys of Brian O'Connor. But if you're not Tom, pulling my man out of retirement. He's got he's got diapers changed. He's a dad now. Tom goes knocking on that door and he says, Brian. That, that's have, what happened in the last movie. One more drive. Like, one more ride. There's that, always one more. Really? That happened in the last movie. You're like, hey, man, we got to get Brian. They're like, no, we're not getting Brian. Why? Yeah, but what we're we not really, getting Brian. We really need him this time. And <laughs> This and, time it's really super duper important. And the family needs him. So he's going to be there because at the end of the day, it's all about family. We didn't need him then. Now we do. We didn't, now we do. All but right. If Dom's knocking on the door, Brian's going to answer. We know. All right. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So I'm like in my kind of one-two punch here. It's it's the tape. Don't lie. We got you, you, proven you took, chemistry and talent here. You've taken the core power couple, and it's a respectful. You know, it's a respectable first couple picks. It's it's a couple safe picks, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't want to be risky. You know, no. you, get, you can make risky picks down down the draft board here, but oh, wait until wait till the last round. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock them socks off. <laughs> so I mean, if we're gonna talk about arguably th- some of the best drivers in the franchise, then I my next pick. Am I doing my next one or my next two? You can do it if it if it flows naturally together. You can go uh, right at the same time, or you can take them one at a time if you want to. Have the kind of isolated pitches for him. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go. So to counter your Dominic Toretto, after careful consultation with an outside source by the name of Mister Zach, <laughs> the third round pick is Jacob Toretto, played by John Cena. So I got the dream team, Idris and Cena together. <laughs> you got your peanut butter, you got your chocolate, you got your power team. Now. We don't know too much about Jacob Toretto. We don't know anything we have, other than he is his brother. That's we, we know that from the trailer, from the human exposition dump that is Roman Pierce, that he is a master thief, high-level assassin, one of the most premier drivers in the world who spent his entire life becoming smarter than Dom, bar to clear, <laughs> stronger than Dom, and faster than Dom. The only thing that will probably save Dominic Toretto from dying a very painful death in between John Cena's bicep and the outside of his elbow is the plot and the fact that there's two more of these movies. Well, all I'll say is 
I think that's risky going this early with him. I I like the futures play on it, where that could be you know really valuable pick down the road. Let's be, on what he's happens. not going to die. You're not going to kill him off. Not going to one up Dom either. I'll tell you that he might he might knock Dom on his ass a couple of times because they said these last three movies are like one big trilogy. So this could be our new hope where we get you know a little bit of a little bit of Jacob <laughs> a little sprinkled in there choking out choking to... out you know cipher guards but then we get the empire strikes back fast 10 and that's when you're going to see Jacob Toretto just choking left and right without even having to be in the room he's going to use the force so which the will probably shows we've compared fast and furious to endgame and empire strikes back yes lock it in lock Let's it go. in cut the check you're talking about someone whose entire life has been spent trying to be better than dumb. Will he be? I don't know. But it's John Cena. I have invisibility on my side. You can't see him. <laughs> now, now we're always bringing outside factors. <laughs> I, I like the pick from the value add and especially looking at my first pick, Dom, and trying to counteract him. But I think a little draft strategy here. You could have waited on him, grabbed him later on and got that upside value where now you're getting him early. You need him to check all those boxes to recoup that value. So I well, like the play. I, I think just slightly different spot. And if you want to talk about, you know, on the note of precision elite drivers, you got to talk about the immortal <laughs> of the Fast and the Furious franchise. A man that is not afraid of death as I have watched him die four times and he's still back. I'm talking about Han Solo O or Han Solo. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything bad about Han. Han is Han. the best character in the movies. Yeah, he's great. Han is the Han Solo. I'm trying to decide if him dying six times throughout your heist is a good thing or a bad thing. It doesn't matter. He can't <laughs> die. He is one of the best drivers in the franchise as he was involved in the million dollar quarter mile. He's the best drift driver in of the crew. Did we ever see what, did they ever say what happened at the Tokyo Drift ending scene with Dom showing up? What, where, where Dom and, and Sean race? Yeah. Did they ever say who won that? It's always, I mean, it's ambiguous, but I'm probably going to say Dom because, again, yeah. the scripts are written by Vin Diesel. He's like, my character can do everything. <laughs> Coronas. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's going to, but he's going to die. He's going to probably be out of commission for the rest of your heist. And then after nope. it's going to be like, oh, Han's actually still alive. He's been here the whole time. But he never comes back in the same heist. Okay, even if I take him just from Fast Five and Fast Six, Han, <laughs> we're still uh, racked above. Like I said, we talked about Jacob. I think you could have waited a little bit. Han, jury's still out on if it's a pro or con or not, but I love Han, so I will not <laughs> say anything further about him. Hello, it's Josh from the City That Never Sleeps podcast. Myself, my co-host Tobias, provide New York Knicks content along with game previews, recaps, and predictions. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or just go to shipitstudios.com slash city that never sleeps. That's shipitstudios.com slash city that never sleeps for all the places to listen to the podcast. Go follow the podcast Twitter account at TCTNSOfficial. For more content and myself at Josh Solo 29. Once again, for New York Knicks content, subscribe to the city that never sleeps, a New York Knicks podcast. All right. So back to me. We got some heavy hitters going here early. I got two spots here. So I got Dom and Brian. I have my love my base here. I think they're both going to bring a lot to the strategy of it. Have a lot of physical assets they can bring. If we get fist to cuffs, they got the driving ability. 
I think there's still a lot of rich characters out there. I'm just going to keep adding on top tier value here. Next, I'm going to lock down. Let's get the Shaw in here. Let's go Deckard Shaw. I think he's one of the, if not the best villain in the Fast and Furious franchise side of things. And then obviously we saw his evolution of him coming to the good side. And he's someone, he's going to be one of the more skilled drivers that so we can So I, I pick Han and you pick Han's murderer, who is now apparently invited to the barbecue. I can't wait until Fast 9 or 10 when they eventually interact and be like, <laughs> right. you you tried to murder me. Why are well, you here? In all due respect, his brother was murdered and he's just coming back to His brother revenge. wasn't murdered. He's, he's still alive because nobody's dead in these movies. <laughs> That's true. Everyone Death is a has no consequence. But he's going to be one of the best uh, drivers I can add, one of the best fighters. He can do it all. He's a utility player if I need. One of the biggest things about as these people have started to build up families in the show, right? It's all about family is that's always a threat. Someone's going to go after the the family. I got Deckard Shaw babysitting. I'm, I'm in good hands. People are going to be coming in. He's going to be protecting the baby. He's going to have the kids under his arm. He's going to take out the whole team. No threat there. He's going to have style the whole time he's doing it. I mean, he's Jason Statham. Of course, he's going to have style. The man was built with the hands of God to be behind the wheel in an action movie. So He couldn't be James Bond, so he became the transporter. Oh, hey, all respect. I love that. Uh, so I, I, I love the value I'm getting there. Um, still a top-tier player, I feel like. And then for my next pick, I'm going to bring in another bad here. I'm going to bring in someone that I feel like can add a lot of value to the strategy and the resources that I have to work with okay. when it comes to the actual heist. I'm going to lock down Cypher. She's interesting. Pretty entertaining villain. Uh, she's Academy Award winner Charlize Theron. Yeah. But respect on that name. I'm so, like, that's the one thing that I will give this franchise is we have gone from, you know, MTV Best Kiss nominee Paul Walker to Academy Award winner Charlize Theron. Multiple Academy Award winner Helen Mirren. Right. <laughs> Sir Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> I got Cypher here. I mean, she's got from a hacking perspective, from a resources perspective, she can track and find anything, anyone she wants. I mean, I feel like there's nothing that's going to be off the table for her if we need something to make See, this heist work. Here's my question. and A lot of it hasn't been explored yet, and I'm sure it will between spinoffs and the rest of the core franchise. Where does Cypher acquire all of her, you know, gear? Because I think... If it were, if if I were in the writers' room, I know that that's just a bunch of chimpanzees with a dartboard. But if I were in the writers' room, I'd say the organization that funding Cipher is also the organization that funded Brixton. Yeah, yeah. So, I what's, mean, uh, I'm we're, we're kind of playing on equal on on equal playing field there because we're probably both pulling from the same organization. Yeah, but I think that if you look at kind of who she getting shut down, where if Brixton gets shut down, he's dead. If Cypher gets shut down, I feel like she would still have assets and connections to tap into to kind of do it off book a little bit. So I don't know, because the minute that, you know, shit got serious, Cypher just peaced out. She's like, I kidnapped your baby mama and your kid. I shot your baby mama in the head so she could go be on, you know, in Thor, whatever number they're on. I think she's going to have some some value add and I think we're going to get a lot of drivers a lot of fighters in this but okay adding on more of a resource person and really make the obtain unobtainable obtainable i think it's going to be key to equip the team with anything we need okay i respect the pick so 
I'm going to go for another villain-turned-hero from the franchise. That's going to kind of counteract my one-two punch from my last pick. Wonder Woman herself, Giselle. <laughs> you, knew, you knew it was coming with Han. <laughs> and, you know, Giselle, in Gal Gadot in general, I was going to say, she came in in the fourth one. All she did was stand around in leather pants and flirt with Dom. And over the course of three movies, she became arguably one of my favorite characters. She is a former Special Forces soldier. She is one of the best drivers as she had the reigning lap time for the track they put up in five. So she can handle the driving. She can handle the danger. She can take care of herself. She's put that one-two with Han. They traveled the world with warrants on their back without any qualms whatsoever. We're talking about someone that probably in a fight could take down most of your team. I don't know about that. Uh, well, so Decker Shaw clearly has probably the, the top tier martial arts. Brian has some tactical training. Brian which, was which a cop, use, dude. Brian not, knows a little Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah, he's not going to overpower anyone. Dom is just pure power. I, I could see her taking up Brian. I don't know about Dom or Deckard if they're really, really trying to take her down. She also probably survived falling off of a plane because, again, <laughs> nobody stays dead in this. Your team's, have, your team's just going to keep dying and coming back and respawning. I have the immortal team. I have the Goku team. I don't even need seven magic balls. It's just like, well, Han got shot in the head. Guess what? It wasn't really Han. It was his brother, Don. Guess what? Han's still here. Just, I'm not I'm not landfill, but will you call me landfill? <laughs> right, the beer fest approach. It, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's genius. I mean, if you, can, if you can leverage it, go for it. So, and in regards to resources... I, I got a resource pick for you. I'm going with Snake Plissken, Mr. Nobody. You want to talk about unlimited resources? We're talking about a man that can get people anything they want, anywhere they want, limitless budget. So if you're talking about Cypher maybe being able to take down Brixton because of hacking, I guarantee you Mr. Nobody and the tech team over there could make it so that it's pretty much impossible to hack my man Idris. Also, you can't get through that man's swag security shield. There's no way that a spun-off government agency, even though they have their a lot of their own power and you know decision-making ability with that, but Cypher's always going to be able to go farther and, and get more Cypher things. will go further because she has the capacity to do evil, whereas there's yeah. lawful good. Now, I'm not saying that the protagonist is going to make the decisions, but Mr. Nobody, pretty much just going to be... The there's always, always red tape. Always red tape with the government. There's always going to be a, a certain line they can't cross. Where our team's going to get it done. No. It's a good answer. Good answer, Cypher. They match up pretty well together. But sometimes you just got to be bad. We're the bad guys. Oh, we're pulling from Suicide Squad now. You know it. Uh, I get Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get Idris. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't expect that one. Oh, no. <laughs> Tables have turned. All right, so I got two more here coming up. I feel like I get a good base with what different things that people can offer. Now I'm going to start looking at some glue pieces, some of additional resources to just round out my team and maybe some more specialty spots with these next two. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you can sneak in a little bit of a fan favoriteness and oh God, uh, personal, you're not going to do it. Personal favorite picks here. I'm going to do it. And I'm gonna, sometimes you just got to get your guy. And my guy's Roman Pierce. What good is a heist 
movie, story, plot, mission, any of that, if, if you aren't having fun, what good is jumping out of a plane with a parachute if it's not funny? And Roman's going to bring the fun. And he's a good glue guy. He's got ties back with Brian. They go way back. And he's become kind of, you know, Their a pockets huge, ain't empty no more, cuz. A huge piece of uh, the team and just, you know, kind of a heart and soul type of piece where he's just, you know, everyone loves Roman. And at the end of the day, you try to Grand Theft Auto, one of my cars, ejecto Cito, cuz you're out. All right. So I'm assuming your next pick is going to be Luda because I know that you're just doing Lady and the Tramp power couples. Yes, I'm going to go Luda. I'm leading into this power couple dynamic here, Brian and Dom. And what good is Roman without his right-hand man with Ludacris, Tej Parker? They have kind of their great kind of one-offs commentary you can expect in every single movie where they're going to be off kind of doing their own thing, just a great banter. And, oh, yeah, he's just a mechanic from my, down in Miami. You know, he's, he's good at fixing cars. Nope, he can hack safes. He can hack computers he's shown that he can basically do any challenge you throw at him ted is going to be able to figure out a way to do it apparently he has unlimited resources and uh and endorsements on linkedin for all of his skills okay tej has become a much more evolved character roman's kind of the same annoying piece of shit that he's been since <laughs> yes. the second movie. tej has more value than roman i will definitely concede that he's a solid pick maybe uh upgrade some of our vehicles we're using with the different nice to haves you know cypher can make that happen Maybe Dom has certain requests. Brian have different requests on what they think needs to, what could come up in the heist. They're going to be able to equip our vehicles and whatever we're we're transporting on to make it happen. I mean, I I can do the same thing with Mister Nobody or Brixton's organization. So I mean, so I, I I see where you're going, and I'm going to throw your last two picks out the window because I'm going to have them be so distracted and so one note. Puppy dog in love because I'm going with Ramsey. <laughs> That's now a you you might be pick right there. I was gonna me. say one. It's gonna keep. It's pretty much gonna make your pick of, of Roman null and void because all he's gonna do is try to hit on her. Now Ramsey to counter Cipher because in Fate of the Furious, as you know, Ramsey was able to out hack Cipher, albeit for only a short period of time, but a long enough to get the job done. That's fine. I mean, I get if you want to play the romance card with some of my picks, that's fine. But, you know, everyone you know, can So I've hack. taken out two of your team. Everyone can hack. Okay, well, that's great. All right, everyone, we need to go now. Everyone get in your cars and drive. Oh, wait, she can't drive. Okay. We learned that one, in the new trailer. <laughs> one. She's a very she linear surface. Sit. She can sit in anyone else's car. Okay. The entire point of the third act of the seventh movie is they pass her around like a football. True, yeah. But God forbid she needs to do anything outside of sitting on a computer. I'm sure she'll learn to drive. Series has evolved and it's it's everyone's kind of needs to be a triple threat. You got to be able to fight, drive, you know, hack if you need to. But she survived. Yeah. Well, actually, she didn't survive Game of Thrones. <laughs> You're right. She, she survived like most seasons of Game of Thrones. So I will concede she's an unconventional pick, but she has her purpose. OK, a very linear purpose but i get it you gotta have your hacker on there your last pick overall my last pick of this draft is gonna take out another member of your team have more respect and credibility to the point where dominic toretto is afraid of her and that is magdalene shaw not to be confused with hattie shaw played by vanessa kirby i'm talking about dame 
Helen Mirren. When we first meet her in Fate of the Furious, Dom comes to her hat in hand. And the first thing she's like, do you know who I am? He's like, yep. Do you know what I could easily do to you without even ruining my cup of tea? He's like, yep. So this woman has every type of resource on the planet. Deckard is not going to fight his mother. Hobbs and Shaw proved that he will do anything for his mom. If mom says you sit this one out, you're going to sit this one out. Yeah, they, they built her pretty well in that movie. If we get her back in prison, Hobbs and Shaw proved she can't get out on her own. She couldn't even mess that up. She was losing a step. She didn't she even want to leave prison. She kids. had all the influence inside the prison. She's like, yeah. well, if I wanted to get out of here, I'll get out of she here. She needed Decker to come in and swoop in and save her. And, you know, this time maybe all do that. All she wanted was to see her daughter and son work together. And a mother's wish is to be granted. You could easily lock her up and Brian can call in a few favors. Brian is so outside of law enforcement. <laughs> I can think I can find a way to, you know, I think Cypher will go the, the extra length to get her get her out of the, out of the game. I, I, I think if you went Daughter Shaw, I think that would have been a, a better play, much more practical. She could fight, uh, she could charge, she dude, could do a you lot got, of you can't, you're, see, you're going for muscle, whereas I have three key crime organizations I don't even need to use these people. I could just use their underlings to keep you guys tied up and handle the heist on my own. I think you're relying too much on other people. I think at the end of the day, like I have Cypher, right? But like we said, like what happens if all of her resources get taken out? What if the organization gets taken out? You know, at the end of the day, it's a heist mission. You're going to need to send people to actually do the heist. And I feel like you okay. will have a third of the team. They're actually going to be able to do it. Everyone else is old and sitting on a computer behind the scenes. I think you don't understand how modern crime works, but I think you've been watching too hey, many Fast and Furious movies. Exactly. It's where we're living in, man. At the end of the day, you're going to have to strap something to the back of a car and get it out. <laughs> Keep leaning into just all-around talent where I can just roll these people in any different scenario. I got you know some team dynamic and chemistry. And I, I like how you, you know, try to take out Shaw here, which is my third overall pick. You're trying to get a lot late round value to try to yeah, go after him and, and kind of cut the knees out from under that pick. I like that. I'm going to try to do the same thing with with your first overall pick here. You got Brixton. I'm going to bring in the muscle, as you would say, the heavy. I'm going to bring in Mr. Hobbs. And this is one that I was hedging a little bit on my board because at the end of the day, it's a heist film. And like we said, with the red tape and stuff, I feel like there's certain lines that he just he won't cross with his morals and his job. But I think he's shown certain scenarios where he'll kind of turn a blind eye to letting Dom do certain things or kind of step over those if something actually needs to be done. So I'm bringing him in as almost a kamikaze pick to really just go after and take down your first overall pick. You look at this team and I got Cypher as kind of the overseer, maybe fueling a lot of the plan and resources, right? And I got just these teams that are pre-built to go out and do anything I need. I got Dom and Brian that can go off and be just the top drivers that no one's going to be able to catch them or stop them. Deckard and Hobbs, where I can send just after Brixton, your, your heart and soul of your team. And the tape don't lie, they took him out. And then I got Roman and Tej that can go off and do side missions. Maybe it's it's unplugging Ramsey's Wi-Fi and, and taking her out of the picture. Maybe it's, it's going and putting Han and Giselle in any scenario where they're going to die. If you go down the list here, Brixton, Han, Giselle, 
you know, we haven't seen Jacob yet, but those are three people that, you know, are they going to even make it to the end of the heist? I don't know. I think I have this, just this core team where I have the overseer and then I have three flexible teams that have built chemistry that I can go in and do strategic attacks where you got a lot of kind of randomness going on. You got guys See, we don't know about, guys that can be taken I, out. Let's be real. It's all about the influence, man. I think you're relying on a lot of people and their resources as opposed to their skills. Where I got skills up and down. You got you, resources you got that skills? can easily go away. You can't okay. take away skills. Yes, you have the you have the main character of the franchise who has more plot armor than he does actual clothing. The only real hey. pop top pick in this draft would be Dominic Toretto's tank top. Hey, tape don't lie. And you can hey how characters are constructed, that's fine, but I much rather rely on him and what he's shown in those movies as opposed to Mr. Nobody and the potential resources of the government that could or could not come into play. At the end of the day, you got to see these people actually do it or have specific skill sets you can bring to the table, not just mysterious phone calls that may or may not happen. I still win. (laughs) (laughs) I have Idris and Cena. You have lost. (laughs) I got Dom's tank top, baby. I love the energy. Love the energy train. That was a that was a bout. And you know, Zach comes in here and he's, you know, kind of lovely guy. You don't need me and Mr. Zach teaming up. Yeah, bring it, bring it on. I I love the fire and energy you're bringing to the table here. You know, I I felt that I had to make an appearance after I heard about your draft with Adam involving Star Wars. And I really think that we should do Zach. Oh, that was with Zach. Yeah. I, I feel that you and I should do a Star Wars draft. <laughs> run it back. Maybe we'll do like an isolated run on it. Uh, animated or certain franchise or TV oh, series. You, There's a lot of ways we can spin that. You make the rules. I'll just show up. <laughs> Challenge set. Let's see it. All right. Well, this was a fun one. We'll write down the teams real quick here. I think we had a lot of commentary just kind of back and forth, which was good. But I got Dominic Toretto. Brian O'Connor, Decker Shaw, Cypher, Roman Pierce, Tej Parker, and Hobbs right now my squad. And I got actor, producer, DJ, influencer, barista, curer of cancer. Tony Stark. <laughs> Brixton played by Idris Elba. Uh, I got Han, Jacob Toretto, Giselle, Mr. Nobody, Ramsey, and Magdalene Shaw. So a lot of, a lot of interesting ways we can spend a lot of good talking points. We'll throw out to the fans now to ultimately decide. And uh, that will cement it in time. But this was a fun one. Great series to go back and revisit. So many fun characters. So many just absurd things that could happen in this world that you could spend hours just spinning around ridiculous things and they could actually happen in the movie. So always a good time with that. Brian, D-Train, I appreciate it. And Mr. we Mr. will Soup, always a pleasure. get you on the next one. We'll get some Star Wars ones in motion again. Oh, let's make it happen, man. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? 
Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.